This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil khalqi ajma'in. Nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa tabi'in. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless him, his entire household, all his companions and to bless every single one of us and to grant us every form of goodness. Beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, whenever we have engaged in a sin, we repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we say, it is a sign of iman and belief when a person regrets the sin they engage in. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us that there are two categories of sins. Those sins that are major sins and those that are minor. The major sins, those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made mention of a severe punishment for, they are considered major. And the minor sins, those sins that no severe punishment in this world and the next is made mention of, but it is considered wrong, incorrect. And we do know that a person who continues engaging in minor sin, the collection of these minor sins becomes a major sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And because these sins really bog us down in life, they bring us, they make us very low, they bring us down. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us something amazing, something amazing that if we engage in, inshallah, it will result in our upliftment. Do you know Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, tamhuha. If you follow a bad deed, a minor sin, with a good deed, it automatically wipes out that minor sin. Amazing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us Something similar in Surah Hud, verse number 114. And establish your prayer on both sides of the day and during a portion of the night. And you should know that doing good deeds wipes out bad deeds. That is indeed a reminder for those who want to be reminded. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. So, let's increase our good deeds. By increasing our good deeds, we won't have time for bad deeds. And the bad deeds will diminish. This afternoon in Jumu'ah, we spoke about pornography for example. Some people, they are outwardly good. They read salah, they engage in lots of good deeds, but they have hidden bad habits. One of the ways of eradicating that bad habit or those bad habits, number one, is by willpower, quit it and cut it here and now. That's the mercy of Allah and that is the blessing and that is the proper way of doing it. But if a person is weak and finds himself going back, you know, the beautification of the dunya, makes someone go back and makes someone go back again and they engage in tawbah and then they go back. May Allah protect us and safeguard us. 
The way to solve that matter is to increase your good deeds. Find yourself reading salah, engage in lots of tilawah of the Quran, dhikr of Allah. You know, keep yourself occupied, have good company, and you will not have time to engage in that type of behavior. And then after a while, if shaitan makes you think of it, you will automatically cut it out to say, look, I've been clean for a whole year, I, I'm not going to go back. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and correct us. Many people are on drugs today. When I say many, it is in comparison with what was the case some years back. There are a lot of people. Some people consider it nothing wrong. Wallahi, my brothers and sisters, very, very bad. Yesterday, someone told me that, you know what? My friends are not reading salah. Why? And they are not fasting. But why? Are they Muslims? Yes, they are. Because they say that, you know, we had some weed a few days ago and now for 40 days we're off. Where did you get that from? There is nothing like that. My brothers and sisters, if a person drinks alcohol or a person has had some form of intoxicant, it does not mean they are off salah for 40 days. It means they have to fulfill that salah, but the farad will be complete, but they won't achieve the extra spiritual benefit that they are meant to buy that salah. This is what is meant. Because there are a few issues we need to know. One is, salah to be fulfilled in the proper way would mean that your farad is done and your benefit, the extra benefit of that salah is achieved. If a person has, for example, done something bad and so on, they may fulfill the farad. Like a person who doesn't concentrate at all. He fulfills his farad, his obligation is off his back, but he did not achieve much more from that particular salah. But anyone who misses a salah, he is punishable for that particular sin that he has committed, it's considered a major sin. So this is why, let's not become confused and think, you know what, I did a bad deed yesterday, so 39 more days, and I'm ticking them off. Well, that's the whole of the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. You have to fast, and you have to fulfill your salah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and forgiveness. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us something very important. There are so many stories mentioned in the Quran of the previous nations. Do you know why Allah makes mention of them? Many reasons. One of them is for us to take heed, for us to know what happened in the past, and for it to be a means of our comfort. Sometimes we go through a lot of hassle in life, difficulty. So many issues are attacking us from all over the show. And what happens? We become slightly demoralized sometimes. So Allah says, hang on, here are the stories of the previous messengers. They went through much more. And yet, the victory came to them ultimately. They were happy people. Today we are going to go through the story of the Prophet Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. But before we get to that, let's make mention of something very important. Verse number 120 of Surah Hud. Allah says, why he has sent down the stories. He tells Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and every time we relate a story to you of the previous people, in that story there is that which would make your heart very firm. It would make you solid, subhanallah. It would strengthen your resolve. This is what would happen. So this is why these stories have been related to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam primarily and to us all as a result of being the ummah of this blessed creature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the best of creation sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Allah says at the end of Surah Yusuf, in verse number 111 of Surah Yusuf, He makes mention of something similar. He says, لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ عِبَرَةٌ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ مَا كَانَ حَدِيثًا يُفْتَرَى 
Indeed, in the stories of these messengers are lessons for those with sound intellect. You have a brain, there are lessons for you in history. You know, little children, you tell them, would you like to learn by way of example? Subhanallah. If you want to learn by being told, mashallah, look at what has happened to others. Listen to your parents. They have the experience. They will tell you, don't do this. If you do this, that is what, that is what will happen. But sometimes the kids of today, they tell you, no, I want to try it myself. I want to do it myself. The finger is going to go in the plug and I will try and see what happens. May Allah not do that to us. Wallahi, that is foolish behavior. So you either learn the easy way or you learn the hard way. One of the easiest ways of learning for us is to go back to the stories of the previous nations and look at why they were destroyed. They did not have peace because they disobeyed the instruction of the messengers. And they did not have peace because they abandoned Allah and His messengers. And they abandoned the message. And whatever they did resulted in the snatching away of their peace. Which would mean if I want peace, the easy way is to look at what happened to them and stay away from it. Allahu Akbar. Imagine someone does something and they get 20 years in jail. And you follow them and do exactly the same thing. You would be foolish to think you're going to get 19 years in jail. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and strengthen us. So Allah says, these are not just stories that are fabricated. Not at all. Now comes the best story in the Quran. Allah says, نَحْنُ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ أَحْسَنَ الْقَصَصِ We have related to you, O Muhammad wasallam, the best of stories. Brothers and sisters, I invite you to go out and read the story of the Prophet Joseph. May peace be upon him, Yusuf salam. Not only will you enjoy the story, and not only will you cry when you hear what has happened, but it is full of lessons. And do you know what? It has to apply in our lives. Whether we like it or not. We will extract at least a point or two that will definitely mean something directly in our lives. This is why Allah has made mention of these stories. So let's go through just some of them. Bearing in mind that the theme this year is pearls of peace. Point number one. Through jealousy, you'll never achieve peace. The brothers of the Prophet Yusuf salam were very jealous. They became jealous. And his father told him when he related a good dream, his father knew that you know shaitan can creep in. Listen very carefully because we're going to repeat this just now. Shaitan can creep in and therefore don't relate this dream to your brothers. They might become jealous. This shows us that sometimes certain things you don't have to relate to everyone. Wait until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided and does something subhanallah to you that now you've achieved it completely. And when you make mention of it, not in a bragging way. Imagine someone comes up and says, I'm a millionaire, I'm the richest guy, I'm the owner of everybody. See these guys here, they're all under me. See my thumb, everyone is under it. That type of arrogance, wallahi, it results in the downfall of a person. But there are people who say these words. Do you know that? There are people who've got so much wealth and authority that they feel that they are really in charge of the breathing of me and you. Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us. This type of attitude is wrong. When Allah has blessed you with a lot, you don't need to brag about it. You don't need to now walk. Be humble. Yes, you might want to make mention or you might want to live, mashallah, a good life. You might have the best vehicle, the best home. That does not make you arrogant. Arrogance is when you start despising people and rejecting the truth. That is arrogance. 
But when a person is humble, even if they have the best of everything, mashallah, and they've got 20 maids working for them, and no matter how many thousands of people under their authority, but they are humble and down to earth, that is the person. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us humility and humbleness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, verse number 5 of Surah Yusuf, قَالَ يَا بُنَيَّ لَا تَقْصُصْ رُؤْيَاكَ عَلَىٰ إِخْوَتِكَ فَيَكِيدُوا لَكَ كَيْدًا O my son, don't relate this dream to your brothers because they might plot against you. They might plot against you, which means, imagine if you tell someone something and they understand that this means in future this man might grow far beyond me. They block you from there. It happens amongst us. When there's a young businessman, and he is still coming up in his first few years. And he's in a business similar to another businessman who happens to be huge. What happens? Shaitan comes to us and makes us think, why must he have a successful business? I can block him. So we phone his supplier and we say, you know what? I don't want you to supply that man. But he's your Muslim brother. Do you think sustenance is in your hands, my brother? Allahu Akbar. Wallahi, I cried one day when I was a student in Medina Munawwara. And we happened to sit around some of the people who had a few stores. And one of the brothers, someone came and wanted to buy a cloak from him. And he had the cloak and he said, look, this is the price and so on. And when the deal was about to be struck, he said, and I was witness to this. He said, you know what? The brother outside there has a shop similar to mine. No one has been to his shop today. He's got exactly the same stock. I'm sure he'll give you the same price. Please go there so at least he can have a bit of sustenance. Wallahi, I was drawn to tears. Today when a man opens a similar shop like ours across the road, we don't even want it to happen. And we don't know it's actually a blessing in disguise. It's a blessing for us because people may go to his place and if they don't find something, they will come to ours. Subhanallah. But may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Remember one thing. How much money are you going to use in this world? How much? You have 30 million, mashallah, 50 million, 100 million. How much? Wallahi, the bulk of it is going to stay. Better have the beautiful trade, uh, the beautiful, you know, dealing that you have, the upright ethics of trade that you would have. And you go down in history as a man who helped everyone and a man who really assisted everyone come on their feet rather than be a person who's standing up and everyone else must sit. I'm the only one who must stand. You want money through me or no one else? This is the attitude of the tyrants. This is the attitude of those who ultimately earn the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we want something and everything must be for myself. Brother, you've already got two billion. You are one of the richest people in Africa. Allow the others to earn as well. Come on. It's not going to go away from you. Let the suppliers supply them as well. And let them give them a similar discount. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness and love for the sake of Allah. May we help one another become wealthy. May we help one another stand on our feet. And may we never become upset when a small businessman with a tuck shop around the corner has opened a tuck shop and he's selling little penny cools and perhaps he's selling a few cokes and something else on the side and we with a huge place become jealous of him, block him and close him down. May Allah protect us from that type of behavior. Allahu Akbar. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says very clearly in this particular verse, that the father tells his son, you know what, your brothers might plan your downfall. Brothers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us of those. So that is the issue with jealousy. I have learned something and I'm going to share it with you regarding jealousy. You know when someone has something and we become jealous of them, we don't realize we actually have certain things they don't have. Because of us drowning in the fact that 
wow, this man or this woman has got this or these people have got that. We are drowning in a certain issue. We don't realize things we have that they don't have. Like for example, some people have, this is just an example of the cuff and it's something relating to our lives. Say for example, you've got a beautiful Golf GTI. MashaAllah, fast car. MashaAllah. But it's only got four seats in it. Five people can fit. And mashallah, I might have a seven-seater, but it may not be that fast. So I've got something you don't have and you've got something I don't have. Do you understand? You might have, for example, a huge, beautiful Mercedes-Benz, alhamdulillah. And I might have a Toyota, alhamdulillah. But I don't realize and you don't realize that you pay so much to service it and you pay so much for the fuel that subhanallah, my whole car in the month and in the year, what you spend in the week is what I spend to service the car for the whole year and the petrol as well. So I've got such a great gift of Allah, but I'm still upset. Ya Allah, I've just got this Toyota. You haven't given me money to buy that car. You don't realize if he knocks his car because it's a Mercedes, he'll repair it with such money that you could buy three Toyotas with. It's a reality. I'm talking proper. Wallahi, you know what I'm saying. So this is why someone, for example, might have beautiful rooms. You look at them and you get jealous. And you've got, subhanallah, these high-profile tires with a small 14-inch rim. And you know what happens? You look at it and you say, I don't have this. Next thing you hit a big pothole. Subhanallah. And then you don't understand Allah protected you. Because had you hit it with that, they call it, you buckle that rim. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us goodness. This is what's going on. So don't become jealous. They have something, tell yourself, Ya Allah, grant me that and grant them increase as well. I'd like to have that, but Ya Allah, whatever is best, give it to me. This is good for me. You know, some people, they're upset. They say, you know, my wife is out of shape. It's a question. It's something people say. Wallahi. So they say, you know, I'm getting fed up. But they don't realize the other man is saying, you know what, my wife is in broom and prop shape, but she is so difficult to get along with. So now what do you want? One is jealous of something, the other one is jealous of the other. Bottom line, be happy with what you have. Allahu Akbar. Look at it. When you become jealous of people, he doesn't stop and you don't realize. Jealousy blinds you from the gift you have. You might be a person who's a bit overweight, subhanallah. But you might have beautiful qualities in you that that person who is really prim and prop does not have. So thank Allah. I've given you so many examples, mashallah. I can even give you the example of the iPhone and Samsung. But inshallah, we'll leave that for you. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in verse number 23 of Surah Yusuf of something very, 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 very powerful. You know when sin is so easily committable, when a person can commit a sin so easily and he stays away for the sake of Allah, Allah grants him elevation in status. Look at Yusuf alayhi salam. A beautiful woman is calling him to commit the sin. A beautiful woman. Good looking, very wealthy, the privacy is there, there is nothing stopping them besides Allah. And you know what? The Quran makes mention of it in clear cut terms. Verse number 23 of Surah Yusuf. The woman in whose house he was in seduced, tried to seduce him. She closed the doors and said, Come here, you. Imagine. You know what he says? I seek the protection of Allah. What a statement. What a statement. Imagine sin that nobody has been a barrier between, besides Allah. And this man says, I fear that Allah who is watching. 
This is why one of the categories of people who will be shaded on the day of Qiyamah, he who is invited or she who is invited to commit a sin with everything facilitated, including the privacy, the doors are closed, nobody's going to see. No, you, know, you don't need to worry about CCTV and so on. Nothing. Everything done. And still you say, no way. Something that is far more serious than a camera that might be hidden in this room is Allah, who definitely we cannot hide from. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. This is a gem that we learn from Surah Yusuf. The reason why I say this, those who abstain from immorality, they lead a far happier life. Far happier life. What's the point? Subhanallah. You know, I had an uncle. He was about 85 years old. When I say uncle, I'm talking of uncle in Islam. And subhanallah, he told me, son, I want to tell you one thing, one thing. You know, when I was young, I sinned a lot. He says, I must, and this he was telling me obviously because he wanted me to relate it. He says, I must tell you, I regret every single sin. And he says, you know, there were two women in my life. Both of them passed away before me and they both became old and frail. And he says, do you know what had happened? We regretted it so badly because we all became old and we're now preparing to meet with Allah and we're thinking to ourselves, 30 years down the line, this is what we did. 30 years back, this is what we did. What did you achieve? Think before you do anything. That when I am 80 years old, when I can barely walk, then I'm going to think about what I did in the past. It will not have been worth it at all. Just lead your happy life. Close your eyes on what you have and wallahi, you'll be a much happier person than he who looks at every rose in the garden and wants it. Brothers... There are others who, who own those roses. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. You have your pick, like we say. You have your pick and subhanallah keep it and keep on smelling it. And subhanallah, that smell will increase if you know how to look after that rose by the will of Allah. You're lucky you might have too. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. May He open our doors, really. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us sincerity and straightforwardness. Remember, when people want to engage in immorality and adultery and flirting and affairs, it comes to haunt you because your life is no... Meaning it's void of peace. There is no peace in your life. You're worried, who's going to see my phone? Who's going to see me going? Who's behind my back? Who's here? Lead a clean life. You're a peaceful person. The world can look at your phone. They can see where you're going. They can trace you. They can track you. They can bug you. No matter what they do, they can film you. They'll never get anything out of it that is bad. Why? You've got a clean life. You're a happy person, peaceful. You go to work. You come back. You have your children. You spend so much time with them. And you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, grant us goodness. Then look at Yusuf alayhi salam, he was thrown into the jail. The point I want to raise today is the peace that he had in the jail. He was there for seven years according to some narrations. Seven whole years for nothing. Just because he did not want to engage in a crime. He could have engaged in it and said, right, I'm out of jail. But that might have resulted in a follow-up and another one and another. Whatever it might have happened there, he might have been blackmailed into continuing in that particular sin. But he says, Ya Allah, Rabbi sijnu ahabbu ilayya mimma yad'unani ilayya. Oh Allah, to be jailed is more beloved to me than to engage in a sin against you. Look at the peace in his heart. He was jailed. He was a happy man in jail. He sees the opportunity to talk to the people. So, you know, some people accepted the message. Some people did not accept the message. He related to people. He spoke to them and so on. He told them, remember me when you leave. And whatever has happened has happened. And amazingly, he made this dua. That dua is found verse number 33 of Surah Yusuf. The one we just read now. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Imagine if we are jailed. May Allah never do that to us. 
who would be cool and easy, peaceful and sitting there, remembering Allah, thanking Allah, telling Allah, Ya Allah, ultimately we are going to go back to you. Allahu Akbar. It's not easy. It requires a heart, a heart of gold for that to happen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Then, look at the father. The father lost his son and another son. And the third one decided to stay away. As you know, the story, we're not going to go into the details. We're only looking at some of the lessons that we derive. And the father says, ultimately, Verse number 86, he says, I complain about this difficulty that I am going through and my sadness solely to Allah. He is the one who will resolve it for me. The father is also calm. Yes, he cried. He shed some tears. It affected him, but his heart was at peace. He knew that Allah will sort something out here. He knew it. And he continued making dua. Do you know for how many years? According to some narrations, for 40 years. 40 years. He's crying to Allah, Ya Allah, my son that I lost in childhood, Ya Allah. We don't know where he is. Ya Allah, send him back to me. Ya Allah, the other son, he's there, send him back to me. Ya Allah. And he's asking Allah for 40 years. Do we have patience? We make dua for 4 seconds. And we say, it hasn't come. It hasn't come. And you're not even a prophet, nor am I. Wallahi, four minutes. We cry to Allah, four minutes before iftar. And we say, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. And subhanallah, our lives are so far away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we want a response. These are the prophets of Allah. They cried for 40 years till they turned blind. Then the response came. Look at how peaceful they were. They were at peace because they knew ultimately we're going to return to Allah. Now let's look at the final two or three points from this particular surah, Surah Yusuf. The day that everything became apparent. And the day that the brothers were exposed. What happened to Yusuf? He was a diplomat in our words. Far beyond obviously, but the diplomacy, the maturity, the love, the affection. Considering a man whose life was in our terms, according to us, would be termed messed from the beginning. As a child, he was thrown into a well. And he did not see his mother, nor his father. He was taken out and sold as a slave. After that, he was, they tried their tricks. They wanted to abuse him sexually. And thereafter, he was jailed. And now come out of the jail. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him and so on. We should be all knowing the story. And look at how positive he was. He had no bitterness in him. This is what we're trying to raise. When you have bitterness in your heart, then you lose peace. You lose sleep. Your health starts deteriorating. Everything goes wrong. Why? You have bitterness. This man had worse than anything that could have happened to me or you done to him. He had no bitterness. Nothing at all. So much so that the day everything was exposed, he looks at his brothers. Verse number 92. Oh my brothers. No retribution against you today. No blame upon you. I don't want to know what happened. Forgiven, forgotten, gone and complete. Don't even tell me about it. Allah will forgive you. He is the most merciful of all those who can have mercy. Did he say, right, that's my brother. These guys kicked me out. Today I'm a big minister. I'm a big king here in Egypt. I'm going to fix them. We would do that. Do you know that? Really we would. That's why we don't have peace. That's why. Because we... Allah gave us success 
through someone trying to create or trying to cause our downfall, but we don't see the bigger picture. So look at Yusuf alayhi salam. He saw the bigger picture. He realized that this was the plan of Allah. My brothers acted because shaitan put them between myself and themselves. Shaitan came between us and they acted against me, but all they did resulted in who I am today. So why must I blame them? Had they not done it, today I wouldn't be where I am. Subhanallah. Sometimes people plan your downfall. And because of that, you excel on a global level and you become a huge businessman. You would be silly to go back to the original person whose action resulted in your success and go and fix him up. For what? Why? Have a big heart. Listen to what happened. So he forgave them. He did not want to hear what happened. And at the same time, when his father and everyone came, you know what he says? Verse number 100 will bring tears to your eyes. He refused to speak about anything negative that happened in the past. He put it so beautifully to his father, his mother and his brothers. He says, Allah has been very kind to me. وَقَدْ أَحْسَنَ إِذْ أَخْرَجَنِي Allah was so kind to me that He removed me from the jail. Look at the point He's raising. He's talking of how Allah was so kind to him. Allah removed me from the jail. If He wanted, He could have said, I'm bitter, I've got issues. You know, nowadays we send our children to psychologists for every small little thing. The child has a nightmare, psychologist. MashaAllah, with all due respect to the psychologists, they're doing a good job, MashaAllah. I don't want to be nabbed here, MashaAllah. But at the same time, subhanallah, every small little thing we run here, we run there. I need a therapist for this and that for that. Wallahi, you know what? The problem with us is we are far from the teachings of Islam. We haven't taught our children neither these stories nor what the Quran says. And that is why we find everyone suffering. We need to know. The children of today, subhanallah, they have so much. Yet, they are suffering mentally, emotionally, and in so many other ways, even physically. They have so much in terms of food and drink, but they have so many problems. May Allah grant us goodness and peace and cure us in every single way. Look at this man. He says, Allah has blessed me by removing me from the jail. And oh my father, my mother, my brothers, Allah has blessed me by bringing you from the desert right to where I am. Allahu Akbar. He didn't say, you guys did this 40 years, I lost out, now I've got an emotional, mental condition, I'm not going to forgive, I've got issues, no issues, nothing. Peace, tranquility in his heart. He says, Allah blessed me by bringing you to me. Look at how much Allah has blessed me. Look at positives, my brothers. My brothers and sisters, look at the positives in your life, you become a happy person. So then he says, مِن بَعْدِ أَن نَزَغَ الشَّيْطَانُ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ إِخْوَتِي All this had happened. Allah blessed me after shaitan came between myself and my brothers. Who did he blame? Shaitan. Do you know, to be honest with you, to sort our problems out, Allah has given us an easy way. What's the easy way? Blame shaitan. Blame shaitan. He's there to blame. So when you've done something wrong really to your brother or your sister in Islam, you know, it, some people would go and say, you know what, I'm wrong and so on and so forth. Yes, it's correct. They might think low of you. But if you want them to still respect you, tell them, you know what, shaitan overtook me. Blame shaitan. You know what, let's not let shaitan come between us. Because it is true. It is shaitan that leads us astray. Otherwise, like I always say, people are good, shaitan is bad. So when you hate people, to be honest with you, you're meant to be hating shaitan. 
And the habits that shaitan tries to inculcate within the people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Look at how positive the Prophet Yusuf Joseph, may peace be upon him, was. Do you know what he says? After that he makes a dua. He had no bitterness, no bitterness whatsoever. Forty years later he embraced his brothers and really it was like nothing had happened. That's why he was so much peace. That's why he had so much goodness. He was elevated by Allah. He was granted so much. He was given wealth. He was given authority. He was given prophethood. And he was far more good looking than DDG. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. I see you people are not hooked onto online. MashaAllah. DDG would mean drop dead gorgeous. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. You know, Yusuf alayhi salam was so good looking that the women cut their hands looking at him. They cut their hands and they had an apple. Wallahi, it's mentioned in the Quran. So, he was a prophet. Yes, mention it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. We have been granted nil compared to him, but we still think we're a big deal. Allahu Akbar. We don't have that much money. We don't have that much authority. We don't have that much knowledge. We will never have prophethood anyway. And our looks mediocre. Alhamdulillah, thank Allah. And then we still think we're a big deal moving around. Look at what he says. He says, Rabbi, oh my Rabb, I'm calling out to you. You have given me everything, sovereignty. You have given me wealth. You have given me power, authority on, on land. Look at how it started. Rabbi, qad ataytani minal mulki wa allamtani min ta'weelil ahadith. You taught me how to interpret dreams and how to look deep into speech. Allahu Akbar. The dreams that people have, he could interpret them by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, Fatir as-samawati wal-ard. You are the creator of the skies and the earth. You are my wali. You are my protector. You are my friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fid dunya wal-akhirah. In this world and in the next. Tawaffani muslima Cause me to die as a submitter, as a Muslim. Wa'alhiqni bis-salihin. And resurrect me, join me with the righteous. This is the dua of one of the most blessed people. He was a prophet, a son of a prophet, a son of a prophet, a son of a prophet. What more do you want? Allahu Akbar. Look at what type of blessings Allah had granted him. This is Yusuf alayhi salatu wassalam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. This man had absolutely no bitterness. He was such a powerful person. And he led a life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has encapsulated in one surah. If only we look at it and we learn a lesson from it. Wallahi, we are mere nobodies and still we are suffering much more because we are not prepared to learn lessons even from this one surah. Go out, release what you have, become a humble person. Do not have bitterness in your heart. Remember, this dunya is full of tests at the end of the day. Ya Allah, join us with those who are righteous in the akhirah. Grant us the companionship of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allow us to see Yusuf alayhi salatu wassalam in the hereafter. Until we meet again. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallahi bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghiruka wa natubu ilayhi.